Hello and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. Ellie Herringshaw here. Welcome. I am sitting again with my father, Mark Herringshaw. Hey, it is great to be with you. Are you thawed out yet, by the way? Thawed out? <laughs> I thought you said thought out. No. Um, I'm, I'm cold. I'm yeah, chilly. Yeah, well, well you, you, we should explain to everyone that you, like just a moment ago, came in the front door. It is it's another blizzarding. snowstorm here in Minnesota. Oh. And you are faithfully preparing for your coming marathon. I am. I'm going to run Grandma's Marathon in June. And so you went out in the midst of a snowstorm. Last night it was, yep. I don't know, minus five or something. It was and, very cold last night. And you came in with icicles on your hair. I did. <laughs> I did. You know, I was... Um, I didn't run yesterday, but I was out kind of exploring. I was doing some exploring yesterday, and I was thinking, you know, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be a victim of the cold. I don't want to be a victim of the weather. I say this all the time. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control our reaction to it. And I just want to be, yeah, I don't know. I'll just go in. Which and is actually a beautiful segue to what we're going to talk about yes, today. Yes, which is not about the weather and it's no. not about running. But it is about perspective Yes. in how we see the circumstances around us. Yeah. Sometimes things are really hard. And I mean, we're, we talk about that all the time in this podcast, about stepping into areas that are painful to allow God to heal because he's able and willing to extend healing and today we're talking about receiving healing and reclaiming our faith Yeah. after seasons of doubt. Yeah. A lot of people have, have commented about this, about this podcast that they've thought, you know, it's really, it's been surprising to me how, how inspiring this has been in my faith journey because, um, because for a lot of people, they go through hard stuff. They're looking for hope in that hard stuff and the yeah. bad breakup and the, in um, the sexual assault, whatever it is, and then God's meeting them there. Yeah. And and that, I mean that's the most that's the most fulfilling thing about what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But there's always hope. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. always hope. And 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 I and I think the at least what I found in my life is is God will answer almost any question that we ask Him when we come to Him, mm. but He seldom answers the question why and and he'll he'll turn the question when we say god why did this happen his response really isn't his response is that isn't a question that i can really answer for you job faced this you know on the the story of job in the bible that is a story it's a poem it's actually a lawsuit written in the form of a poem that uh, Job is actually calling on God in a lawsuit to answer, why has this happened to me? Yeah. And like my family died, everything was taken away from me, yep. everything was yep. left, yeah. And, and at the end, God doesn't show up for chapters and chapters. And, and Job is like, God, where are you? Answer my question. And his friends have all kinds of variant explanations. Yep. Oh, it was because of this. And well, it happened because of this. The end of it, God does show up finally, yeah. but he doesn't answer Job's question why. Instead, yeah. he turns and starts asking Job questions. Hey, Job, where were you when I created? And then he goes through this beautiful, actually very scientific explanation of creation. Mm. It's beautiful. There's scientists that have compared what you have there to what we now know in astrophysics. Oh, it's, really cool. it's really beautiful. At the end, though, he doesn't answer the question why. Why did you suffer? Yep. Instead, he says, Job, 
Do you really have time? And are you smart enough for me to answer that question? No, you're not. Yeah. You couldn't handle the answer. Why? What I will tell you is that I'm good. Ooh, that's really good. Because when we go through hard stuff, when we, when we face um, hardships and divorce and betrayal, whatever it is, when we go through that stuff, we often ask that question, God, why did this happen? Right. Why did this, ha- why did you allow this to happen? And then that leads to the question when, when we don't hear an answer, when things look bleak, God, are you even there? Are you good? Because if you are good, yeah. why would you allow this to happen? Yeah. And, and I think many people go to an agnostic or atheistic position. I don't know if God exists or I don't think he exists. When actually what they would say under the surface is, I don't think you're good. It's not mm. really a question of, is God there? It's pretty hard to honestly look at the incredible intricacy of creation and yeah. a little baby learning to smile and the beauty of horses and spring and all this to say, wow, God is a genius. God is incredibly <laughs> intricate. But when it comes to my life, I don't know if he's reliable. I don't know if he is there to protect me from pain and yeah. evil. And and so w- the question that comes out, many people that I've talked with, their objections come out as intellectual arguments against mm-hmm. God's ex- existence, et cetera, when actually underneath is a disappointment with God Yep. that is an emotional wounding, a relational wounding, where they've come to project, I don't think God was reliable. I trusted in you, and you didn't stop this from happening. Yep. Or I thought I heard from you. Stepped out <laughs> God, on this and it didn't happen. I thought I heard from yep. you, right? And I got hurt. Yep. Yep. And where were you when I got hurt? And, and that's a really that's a really hard thing yeah. to wrestle with. And a lot of people come out on the other side and just say, Okay, well, I'm done. Yeah. And even if that's just for a season, going off and just and trying something else, that's a real that's a real reality. And it's something that a lot of people go through. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was sharing with you before we started here. I, I think I've probably had two major crises of faith in my life. And both of them stemmed out of that experience of God's reliability. Yeah. I thought they were something else. Yeah. But when I kind of combed it away and, and dug up to what the root was, it was actually um, a disappointment. Yeah. In God. And the answer to that, the Bible is filled with examples of people who have their perspectives corrected by an encounter with God. Hmm. And, and actually that's what we're asked in faith to take a step of faith and to see things from a different angle. Yeah. It's not to deny that the circumstances are, are painful or even evil. Uh, and there's no expectation that we are to assign God responsibility for evil things that happen in the world, at least not in my theology. I agree. But the perspective that we can have in the midst of those things, what we're asked to do is to believe first and foremost in God's goodness, that whatever happens, and Paul says this in Romans, God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Very carefully, we have to see what he says there. He does not say, all things are good 
for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. <laughs> right. It says God works whatever happens, even the evil, terrible, broken disappointments that, yep. that invade us and crush our lives. We live in a world where there are free wills, yep. free wills of other people, free wills of spiritual beings that are out to destroy us. And in the midst of all that, God has turned those free wills loose to a certain extent. Hmm. What he tells us is, will you believe I am good enough and I'm strong enough to turn whatever into a beautiful new first best for you? Yeah, that's it. That's and everything. In the Psalms, the psalmist says, one thing God has spoken and two things have I heard. So that is, there's one thing about God. I hear it as two things. It's really one, that you, O Lord, are strong and you, O Lord, are loving. He's both all-powerful and all-good. Hmm. Wow. Faith is the choice to believe that, irrespective of our experiences. Yep. Yeah, but we don't always step in and believe our faith. We don't always live into it. Right. And that's the story of the prodigal son, for example. Yep. That's a beautiful parable, very well known, which is the story of this of the son that decides, okay, I'm done with I'm done with my father. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna take my inheritance and I'm gonna go spend it and I'm gonna I'm going to live the way that I want to live. And he does. And he squanders all of his money. He's he's at his lowest point just in a pigsty eating the pig food, which at that time, the Jews, that was like, yeah, that was, that was the worst. As that's that's as go. low as you could go. And then he thinks, okay, well, even my even my father's servants eat better than this. Even my father's, the, the people that serve him are are better off. I can just go. And I'll just get a job. Right. <laughs> My dad will re will will employ me. Yep. I'll be you know I'll be a slave there. And um, and he goes back, and his father sees him and runs after him yeah. and embraces him, and then doesn't just bring him back to be a servant, but yep. he calls him a son again. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And he he slaughters the best the the best food for him and he just like he just embraces him and of course i mean that 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 is a beautiful story and it's very well known for obvious reasons because because many people go through that experience yeah. of stepping away and saying i want to do this on my own mm -hmm. i i don't actually trust that you're a good god so i'm just going to do it on my own yep give me my inheritance now Yep. And off 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 we run. And I'll yep. go I'll go try it on I'll go try it yep. by myself. Yep. And um and that's and w when we were when we were talking about this, you had you had talked about a passage in Mark, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of of Jesus Jesus talking about different people that also just try to do this on their own. Yeah. And that boils down again to this question of is God good? Is God good? What's interesting the the Prodigal Son's been called by even secular literary critics the most beautiful story in the world, and it really is. It's filled with surprises. It's filled with these turns. Yeah. And and ultimately, it's about Jesus saying, "When you think about God, I want you to think of Him this way. Hmm. He is yeah. your Father." That's that's what he's always he's always telling these stories of yes. the kingdom of it God is, like, is this. like this. Yes, and so when you think about God, lay aside everything else. I want you to think about God in this way, 
And what's interesting, and you you noted this, that the the prodigal we call the prodigal son, the one that you're doing that goes in away, yeah, yeah, and and yet the true problem is not in his perception of his father, but in his brother's perception. There is another brother. There is another brother because actually the the one who runs away and is eating out of the pigsty comes to his senses. It says, "Oh yes." He came That's to his senses, right. and then he and then he he thinks clearly, and he goes back in in his in his mind, and he remembers. <laughs> oh, wait a second, my father actually is much better than this. It and wasn't even like I'm like I I feel I feel the love of my father again. No. It was logically new. Yep. <laughs> I love that. And so he much. remembered how his father would treat even the servants, and he he's saying, you know what, my father ultimately is a good man. And I know if I go back, he'll and ask to be a servant. He'll he'll make me one of the servants. Yeah. Of course, he's even the father's even better than he imagines because, as you said, when he yes. goes back, he treats him like a son, not a servant. But he has a more accurate perspective of his father's character than his brother does, who stays and is the dutiful one, right? This is the older brother. Yeah, the older brother who looks like he is the faithful son who does everything he's supposed to do. He has it all together. Has it all together. He's the responsible one. He's the golden boy. He is. He's the However, golden boy of the family. And this is actually Jesus' point of this, is that his his brother has a, a very hard time accepting the grace shown to his brother. And he says, he's quite irritated with his father, even angry, I think we could say. He says, I've been with you all this time. I have slaved with you that's a, yeah. like this perspective that's actually in that the sense of the of the language it's there the is tone. i have been your servant yeah see and and you never even so much as gave a goat for me to slaughter with my friends yeah. and now you're gonna f- kill the fatted calf for my rebellious brother and the father is absolutely perplexed and he looks at him and he says son You've been with me all this time. Yeah. All of this is already yours. Yeah, exactly. If you wanted a cow you know, and, a, and a barbecue for your friends, it's yours. Yep. Go 100%. get it. <laughs> and 100%. he didn't understand the goodness and generosity of his father at a core level. And the circumstances around us are going to appear to us as we choose to see them through the lens of the goodness or the lack of goodness hmm. of God. And, I, and the challenge, I guess, that that I've had to put to myself, and I guess that I would say here publicly, is that circumstances are going to come and go in your yeah. life, and I will see in those circumstances r- reflected the shadow of the character of God, I believe. Yes. Those those circumstances will become whatever I observe with my faith. And and either I will take by faith that God is not good or I will take by faith that God is. Hmm. And yeah. either either way, I'll lose my faith on the one side to take up faith in the other or I'll lose my faith in the other side and take up faith in the other. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's still a matter of walking by faith. There's no way around anything else and we are always going to live by faith either in God's lack of goodness or in his goodness right exactly and I think it's interesting too 
particularly the older son, that he has this, he's really struggling with his own identity. Who the, What the story boils really down to is, is God good? Yeah. Is this father good? Yeah. And then who am I in response to that? Yeah. Who am I in relation to his goodness? Absolutely. And this older son has not been living in his identity of being a son. Exactly. He has not, he hasn't fully acknowledged the fact that he is, that he isn't a servant, that he is actually a son. And he's the one who's actually trying to do it himself. Hmm. And therefore he is, he's blinded to the inherent goodness of God. You mentioned, um, this passage in Mark's gospel, which is another angle to say the same thing. This is a very important little phrase that Jesus gives to his disciples. The context of this is he's, he's in a boat with his disciples going across the lake um, there in Galilee. And the context of this is Jesus had just multiplied the bread and the fish for the yeah. 4,000. And prior to that, just a page before that... He had done the same thing for five thousand, and so he was feeding a lot of people. He was, and with and Jesus was the source of that. He didn't do magic. He didn't just nope. make things come out of nowhere. He multiplied what was there, yeah. And then there was leftovers. So mm-hmm. with the twelve, there was, or with the uh, five thousand, there was twelve baskets left over, which was a sign. Twelve was the number for Israel. There is enough of the gospel and God's good news for His fatherly yes. love for Israel, and then seven baskets were left over with the 4,000 feeding, and seven was the number of the Gentile nations, at least in the the, the Jewish rendering. So That's Jesus really is cool. rabbinically speaking in his actions. There's seven baskets left over, enough for the rest of the world. My goodness is <laughs> for the my so goodness much. is for the Jews and for the rest and of the world. And for the Gentiles. And there's more than and, enough. Yeah. And and then literally like just a few lines later, the disciples are rolling their eyes and elbowing each other and frustrated because they forgot to bring bread. You forgot to bring bread. How, what are we going to eat? They've got Jesus in the boat. Yeah. They're, they've they've got it. the source. They've, they've forgotten forg- they what forgot had just happened. Just and their happened. unbelief surfaces. Yeah. And what it reveals is their view about God, their mm. view about who Jesus is in relation to God. They think they're going to starve. Yeah. Covenant, which is the thread all the way through the Bible, is this promise of a stronger to a lower hmm. that I will protect you and I will provide for you. And yeah. believing the covenant that life is exchanged for life is saying, I believe in the fundamental goodness of the stronger for me to provide hmm. and to protect. And the disciples are frustrated. Mm-hmm. They're fearful. They are not believing. They lost their faith. And Jesus pipes up right in the middle of this. He says, be careful. (laughs) Be careful, you guys. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. It's like sometimes Jesus like comes out of the blue with these things like, what context is this? Like, yeah, be careful. Watch out for the yeast, which is like, excuse me. Yeah. Yeast is a picture of sin. So he's saying, we miss something. (laughs) Yeah. Watch out for the sin of the Pharisees and Herod. And Matthew, when he quotes the same story, he actually says for the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which was a third different grouping, Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, Essenes, and Zealots were these three or these five different... I hope people are taking notes. 
Yeah, this this is really important. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really good. There, there, there are five different um, Jewish subcultures. Okay. That reacted against the Greek humanism of the day. So the Greco culture, Greco Roman culture, had invaded and taken over yes. Israel. Yeah. Alexander the Great was this evangelist of humanism because he mm. he was a student of Aristotle and he came to believe the gods don't exist. And if they do exist, they're not very good. They're not good. They're vindictive. So Alexander the Great's going out and he's... Alexander the Great said... said, This is how we're living. The way we're going to live is we have to do it ourselves. We can't depend on God. Yeah. And so he colonized humanism all over the known world. And they created gymnasiums and these, these temples of worship. But the fundamental religion of Greece and Rome was do-it-yourselfism. Hmm. And so, do it yourselfism. And so, and, that, and that's <laughs> we should fu- coin that. <laughs> and that's fundamentally what the the root of humanism is. We can't depend on these these vindictive gods and goddesses. They can't even get along with each other. We can't depend upon them. Yeah. And so they can't be good. No, they can't be good. And we actually, and that was really ultimately where the Greeks came to was humans are better than the gods. Humans wow. have more virtue than the gods wow. do. And so we will exalt humans we're in this on our own yeah right we're, and this has been the sway really the lie of the enemy is you're in this on your own yeah god's and trying so then, to keep something from you and so then naturally that was that that had been just in just infused in the culture it had been. into the jewish culture and yet what the jews do is they react against that they don't want to be greeks they don't want to be romans yes. and so you've got pharisees who said well we don't know if we can believe in God's goodness, but we also don't want to be Roman. So we will be rigid law keepers. We're going to build tons and tons of parameters around our life it's so that we're, exactly. so that we're living by the letter of That's the law exactly right. and doing all the right things yep. and checking all the boxes. Yep. We are the older son. And we will do it. In, exactly. In, we will do it ourselves. <laughs> we are the older son yep. in, in the story. Yep. And the Sadducees swung the other way Okay. and they said, well, since God really isn't active anymore, if they if he's even there, yeah, we will compromise and we will become enlightened, yeah. Greek-like Jews. Well, it and had been four hundred years yeah. of not hearing yeah, the exactly. voice of God. So we're on our own. Let's so do we're it. We're doing so. Yeah, we're doing this on our own. Herodians were the like business class. They were, okay. you know, Wall Street tycoons. Were well, they like, were they like the like tax collectors? There were tax collectors who actually worked for Herod okay. to collect money for the temple. But the Herodians were uh, actually a class of of individuals who got special treatment from Rome because of okay. their business acumen. I mean, Herod the Great, who was the Herod who tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby, mm-hmm. was the richest man relative to his culture probably in all of history. He had, mm-hmm. His wealth was 10 times that of the whole GDP of Israel. I mean, he was oh, wow. staggeringly wealthy. Okay. And the worldview behind that was we have to do this ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yep. Two other groups. You hear them. Uh, one of them mentioned uh, the zealots. They were the revolutionaries. They mm. were the ones who were going to kill the Romans. We're going to overthrow they're the everybody. Goril- they're the guerrillas, right? Yeah. So we have to do that ourselves. God's not going to do this for us. Mm. We have to do it. The fine, the final were the Essenes. They're not actually mentioned in the New Testament, but they're the Dead Sea Scrolls were actually mm. okay uh, copied by this Essene community. They were like monks who went out and lived uh, in the Dead Sea area. They were, God's not going to do this, so we have to go, we have to escape. God's not going to protect us from the culture. We have to escape and build our own 
sub-civilization. Point being, all of them, even though they look like they're living very differently, all of them had the same yeast. They had the same root sin of self-reliance that stemmed from, I don't believe God is here and present and good enough and strong enough to take care of me. Hmm. And so here's the disciples with Jesus in the boat, the bread maker in the boat. Yes. Right. And, and, and bread multiplier. Yes. And, and, and they don't believe that there's enough for them. Yeah. And so Jesus says, be careful, be, be careful of that root of unbelief that stems up out of all of our souls, which is, I have to do this. On I my have to own. do this on my own. And it'll take different expressions. Different ones of us listening to this yes. are going to live self-reliance out in one way. And we look at somebody else and it looks like a completely different way. But the root human folly is not believing God is good enough and strong enough yeah. to care for us and to protect us and provide for us. And so we believe a worldview that says, I have to do this on my own. We choose unbelief. Yeah. Wow. And the challenge today is we can choose to remember, look back through our history and see times God protected us, times God provided for us. And I'm going to choose to see that as a reflection of God, not my pain. Hmm. My pain doesn't define God. Yep. What defines God is the fact that I'm still here in spite of my pain. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's God's goodness. That's absolutely And so if it. I choose to, Jesus says, be careful how you see things. And, and it's, it just isn't condemning them. It's a reality. Every one of us are going to find that weed growing back in our yeah. garden of our soul. Unbelief's going to pop up. Yeah. We're all going to have crises of faith. The challenge really in Jesus' words to each of us today are be careful. Be careful about that. Yeah. See the world from the perspective of God's goodness. Yeah. And I guess the challenge that I, I would have to, to all of us is to audit our lives through a lens of the faithfulness of God. We can audit our lives through our pain, looking for God's absence, or we can look at our pain for God's presence in Mm. the midst of it. He he didn't do the pain. He didn't cause the betrayal. He He didn't bring the sickness. None of that is his origin, and its origin isn't in him. But we can look at that circumstance if we choose looking for his faithfulness and his goodness and it is there yep his goodness is there that's to see that's 100% it and th- those people that are listening to this that are thinking i don't know the goodness of god i haven't heard his voice i don't even know if he's there how am yeah. i supposed to how am i supposed to do yeah. this how am i supposed to walk through this i'll just i'll just give up yep or or you know throw in the towel or yeah. if they're continue to struggle trying to just trying yep. to make it work make it happen what do we say, what do we say to those yeah, people yes yeah what do what do we say to those people um god is not afraid of our view of reality yeah but he will likely challenge our view and he'll challenge us to look at things from a different perspective. He he will not be angry with your unbelief, but he won't leave you there. Hmm. And there'll come a time when he will ask the courage, will you let me show you something else? 
will you let me show you the truth behind the facts? Mm. And um, one of the most important words in the Bible is the word remember. So we're to look forward in faith to the future. Yep. Right. And hope for what's coming. Faith that God's with us here. But remembering, it's all rooted in how we remember. What, yep. what do we think about the past? And the book of Deuteronomy is woven around the word remember. God says, remember and don't forget. Remember when you, when you get into the land and you're fighting your enemies and things are good or things are bad, remember. Remember how I was faithful. How I was faithful. Do this, Jesus says, in yep. communion, in remembrance of me. Remembering is the key to faith, actually. Yeah. And so uh, what do we say um, to people who are struggling with doubt, who don't know that they can believe in God's fundamental goodness? is remember. Uh, I, I will often, for myself, because I'm not immune to struggling with faith and yeah, unbelief and same. doubts and questions. <laughs> same. But the anecdote, the antidote for that, the medicine that cures it, is remembering, hmm. is gratitude yes. for what God has done. This is even, like in, I'm, in science, it's proven. Yes. Um, something called the heliocentric principle in, in psychology, positive psychology, which is a lot of the work that I do in my leadership um, using positive psychology, positive leadership principles. Mm. The heliocentric principle says the plant but by the window always grows toward the light. Yes. And we always move toward that which is inherently positive. Mm. And so that's the, you know, really the, the fundamental principle here yep. that if we choose to remember and look for the goodness and we we're willing to actually see it suddenly it's like it pops up all over. Yeah. It's the, you know, and I, uh, I, I think I've said this before to your listeners that if you look for red in the room, like just look around the room right now and just look for everything red, all kinds of things popping out. I never saw until I decided I'm going to look for red. Yeah, because I'm gonna look we, for yellow bugs. Right, that's what we would do. Right, exactly. We would look for yellow. And all of a sudden, they're everywhere. W bugs. Right, they're everywhere. Yeah. The principle there is we we filter out 99.999 percent of every stimuli that hits us. We can't handle it all. The world is too bombarding. Right. Yeah. So so many senses. <laughs> but if we consciously choose to look for something, suddenly. That something is present. Yes. And what God says, this is what the book of Deuteronomy is about. It's what the feasts of Israel were about. It's what communion is about every time we take it, is remember how I have been good and faithful yep. to you. And when we go back through our life and audit our life, yep. I, I'm on this little thing that in my journal, I'm writing three things every day I am grateful for. Gratitude actually raises your immune system. It does. It's, so it's all good these for you. these beautiful things, right? And all of a sudden, I start seeing the goodness of God. That doesn't mean that the bad isn't there to see as well. Yes. What it means is that the good overrides it. We're not just blindly looking and thinking everything is suns, you know, sunshine and roses. No. Like it's not. Sometimes no. it's really, really hard, and sometimes our faith. And our perspective of of what we see in is God good is just really, really clouded with all of that stuff. Absolutely. But the having the identity and having the reality, knowing that we actually don't have to walk through it alone. Mm -hmm. We're not 
just like just like this this passage in Mark, we're not doing it on our own. Yep. Like all those people, we're not reclaiming things on our own. We're doing it alongside. It's a partnership. Yeah. And and so if you are if if any listener is facing this and just having all of these struggles, ask ask God to help you with it. Even if you yes. don't even know he's there. Ask him to to be with you, to be present with you in it and invite someone else invite invite a pastor invite someone you trust if you if you really want to come on the other side of this with a stronger faith with with the belief that god is good and he's i don't know I mean, maybe you don't even know where you're going to come out on the other side but inviting someone else into the process that's, with that's you fabulous. you don't have to go through it alone it's fabulous and when you ask god to be there with you Ask him to show in the present and in the past where he was yes. and, and where the goodness popped up in your life. And maybe you missed it. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, I, I, there's many times I, until I go back actually and look for the goodness in a situation for God's hand in it, I missed it at the time. And maybe you won't hear that answer from God right now. If yeah. you can't, don't even know how to hear his voice, Yeah, I want to also believe that you're going to hear that from that friend. Yes. And, and actually, that's a, a wonderful exercise to sit down with someone and 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 let them pull your story yep. and tell your story. This is one thing you do in the reclaiming mm-hmm. events. Yep. You, you retell it. You go right back into it. Mm-hmm. This, this is my reclaimed community, specifically for women that have gone through divorce right. or infidelity. Right. Um, this is a community of women that we, we process right. this stuff. We talk about it. Where was God? And the... And the faith view in that is not to deny Abraham. We talked about this yeah. la- uh, the last mm-hmm. session I did with you. Abraham faced the fact that he was old and couldn't yep. have a baby. In spite of that, he looked for the sign of God. So our friends can help us with a perspective that we ourselves can't see. Yep. Pulling from our story, what happened, but then where was God in that? What yep. what small little signs of provision and protection yep. did he give yep. in the midst of it? And this is not gonna be this isn't gonna be necessarily an overnight thing, but it's a journey that is important to walk through. It's a journey mm-hmm. that is possible. Yep. It's not impossible. And um and it's going to bring it's going to bring so much goodness into your life. So much love and um and restoration because god is able and willing to do that and walk with you in it yep. but it really does boil down to who is god and who am i mm-hmm. and you are loved and you are chosen those are two identity statements that are you listener that is who you are you may not believe that i believe that for you that is who you are and who god is as yeah. the psalmist says one thing Yep. God's told us that he's strong and that he's loving. Yep. That's one thing. It's two things, but it's one thing. His goodness <laughs> and his strength are inseparable. Amen. And Amen. we know who we are because we can know who he is. Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaims podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes. If you're interested in partnering with the Reclaimed Podcast financially, you can do so on my Patreon page. Remember, you're not alone. There is hope.
and we'll see you next week.